we are here in uh, this sermon series uh, we started a few weeks ago called uh, In Case You Missed It. The idea here is that we're taking a look at some of these, these kind of smaller, maybe, maybe more obscure uh, stories that, that we see throughout the Bible. So far, they've all been out of the Old Testament. I think they're all out of the Old Testament for the rest of the series as well. Um, but we're looking at these, these messages that sometimes as we read through, through you know, God's word, Maybe we read these and, and we don't necessarily know exactly what they're at because they're a short story. And so we're going to focus on those a little bit more through this series. Today, um, we're, gonna, we're talking about Elijah and the widow. And, um, you know, usually, usually as I prepare a, a sermon, um, you know, I've got this outline that I try to follow in an attempt to take a, a you know, biblical lesson and connect the dots for you as we, as we go through it to help clarify an important message, making each point along the way. But today I'm gonna to tell you up front what I'm hoping to get across, what I hope you get out of this, and then we'll go back and kind of work through it. So the purpose of this message is I want you to take a couple of things uh, from it today. First, I want you to know that God will provide, even if it's not how we might expect. Second, I want you to feel encouraged by God's care and provision. And third, I want you to choose. Um, when you face the next challenge, and there will be a, a next challenge in your life, I want you to choose to remember what God has done before. Those are the things that I want you to pick out of this message today. So uh, all of us, every human on earth has experienced tough times, right? Um, a lot of us have have been through some special challenges uh, just in the last year and a half, right? I mean, there are people right here in this crowd who have families who have experienced weeks, even months in ICU from COVID. We have some of our businesses that have been forced to close. We have some of us that have lost our jobs or maybe had a job change forced on you that, that you weren't hoping for, didn't want. We have family, families who have been praying for pregnancy, finally have pregnancy, and then they experience high-risk pregnancies during the time of a worldwide pandemic. Those, those are struggles for people to have. And I know we all have a list of, of struggles, trials, hardships that we've gone through, and maybe some are Maybe some are harder than others, but we've all experienced that. So in this message, as we learn about Elijah and the widow, I hope that you will be encouraged. Encouraged that, you know, God may not choose to spare you from lean times, but that he will provide. He may not choose to provide the way that you expect him to. He's, he's very creative and often unpredictable. Uh, but despite the challenges that you face in life, you can trust God. Will you guys pray with me as we start this out? Lord, I just, as we, as we get into, your, into this message today and, and we get into your word, I just ask, Lord, that you, you help us to be mindful of, of the provision that you, you give us in our life. Um, times in our life where, where we've 
glossed over it. We thought maybe it was just how life goes, that things go well for us or, or whatever, but that we would look back and be able to see your hand in that, the way that you have provided for us consistently all of our lives and throughout time. And, and as we go forward, Lord, that you would help us to see that and to trust you because we know that we can. Lord, we love you. I'm going to say this in the name of your son, Jesus, in his powerful name. Amen. So, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about Elijah today. So, uh, if you don't know about Elijah, he was God's appointed prophet. We don't know a lot about him before the book of Kings, the first Kings. Um, but at this point, Israel has been divided into a, a couple of kingdoms, the northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah, and a guy named Ahab is the king of Israel, and his wife Jezebel is a priestess of, of Baal, and they are considered evil in the sight of the Lord. And the two of them, they've, they have made worshiping Baal the official religion of Israel. So that's the backstory and sort of the context of where, of where we're at as we get to our first point today, that sometimes... God lets us go through lean times, but they, he always has a purpose. So let's, let's get right into this, this passage here in 1 Kings 17 that says, Now Elijah, who was from Tishbe in Gilead, told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. So Elijah prophesies that there will be a drought, um, a much more significant and serious drought than the one we've ex been experiencing here in, in Utah for the last couple of years, right? But as, as Elijah de delivers this prophecy, see, he knows full well the, the original covenant that God has with Israel. Generations before, Moses delivered to the Israelites uh, this, this warning uh, before they entered the promised land, he told them that if they would obey God, if they would live for God, if they would glorify God, they'd be abundantly blessed. But if they didn't, if they didn't obey God, the land would be cursed. In Deuteronomy 28, verses 23 and 24, it says, the skies above will be as unyielding as bronze, and the earth beneath will be as hard as iron. The Lord the Lord will change the rain that falls on your land into powder and dust will pour down from the sky until you are destroyed. So by, by worshiping Baal, Israel is clearly in violation of the covenant with God and now they are going to deal with the repercussions. So God is using the drought to get people's attention, not unlike what we talked about two weeks ago, a talking donkey, right? Or three weeks ago, talking about this, this plague of, of snakes. God's goal is to get them to a place of repentance. His goal is to get them back to dependence on him. And so that's one reason that, that Ahab and, and Jezebel hate him. See, Baal is the god of thunder and rain. And so this prophecy of drought, they see as, as offensive to Baal. And they see this as offensive to their rule on the throne. So continuing in, in chapter 17, it says, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by Kareth Brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you. 
for I have commanded them to bring you food. So because of Ahab and Jezebel pursuing him and, and trying to capture him, Elijah has to go hide out, but God provided for him there. It says, so Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Kareth Brook, east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. So, you know, God had God provided food and water for Elijah. Um, this was kind of an unorthodox way to get food, right? It, but it says that these birds were bringing it to him twice a day. So, yeah, this is this is weird. It's a it's kind of a tough way to live. But Elijah is taken care of, isn't he? See, this isn't a, it's not a gourmet lifestyle. This isn't, this is, this is unconventional, but it's enough for him. You know, I've, I've to told some of you guys this when I, when I retired from law enforcement, you know, years ago, um, I retired with about enough money in our, in our bank to, to go on living for another month. That was it. Um, and I had no marketable skills for, for anything else. Um, I honestly didn't know what my future was going to look like, but I trusted God. I knew for a fact that we weren't going to starve and that we weren't going to go without. And you know, what happened was I had some very unconventional opportunities that popped up and helped me and my wife get through that storm. So, and, you know, in fact, some of the ways that he provided me, uh, provided for me and for us, uh, they changed our life. That that's how we found Alpine Church here, was, was through that storm. But with Elijah, as we just saw, eventually the stream dried up. But God provides for him in another very different way. So through three years of drought, even, even Elijah doesn't escape the repercussions of Israel's sin. So we learn that God usually provides for us through other people whether we like it or not. In 1 Kings 17, continuing on in, in verse eight, it says, it says, then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath. So God sends Elijah out of Israel to the next country over, and he's still protecting him from, from Ahab, who, of course, blames the, the drought on Elijah. But he tells him that there's a widow there in this city that will feed him. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread, too. Now, this is, this is kind of funny, right? Like he gets to town, he sees the widow, and he's like, hi, I'm Elijah. Could you get me some lemonade and a sandwich? Like, you know, he's pretty direct with it, right? Because God told him to, to do this. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. So here we go, God being unpredictable again. Uh, he promises to provide for Elijah, but then he sends him uh, to someone who doesn't even have the resources to help him. They don't even have enough resources to help themselves. 
let alone to share with him. But he does this because God wants to demonstrate that the provision comes from him, even if he provides it through another person. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. So here's an example of God giving, uh, uh, here's an example of giving to God first, um, or in this case to his messenger. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So, you know, Elijah tells her, he says, he says, don't worry. God provides every day for that day's problems, for that day's needs. And Elijah knows this, right? He's already experienced this, right? When he was by Kareth Brook, he, he, he saw birds bring in his breakfast. And so he helps her trust God through the sharing of his experiences. Now, she isn't given... Uh, a huge surplus of money. She's not given a, a, a whole bunch of food to last weeks. Each day, God comes through by providing just enough oil and flour for their next meal. Because see, here's the thing. If he gave it all to her, if he gave her all of this at once, she would begin to trust in, in her storage, not in God. And we're the same way, right? We would, we would trust in our bank account, not in God, wouldn't we? But what's really interesting to point out here is that even though God has a history of providing for Elijah when he was alone previously, this time he chooses to push them into relationship. He provides for Elijah through the, the widow and her, and her son, and he provides for them through Elijah as well. And this is because he intends his provision for them to be more than just material support. It's not just food and water that he's giving them. He wants to do it through relationships, whether they like it or not. And let's, let's be honest here. A lot of us don't want to be tied to other people in this way. We don't want to be dependent upon other people. We don't want them to know about our needs. Or maybe... Maybe, more to the point, maybe we don't want to know about their needs. But God decides to use this woman's last remaining resources to take care of Elijah. And in the process, he takes care of her as well. But as we move into the, the third point, as, as we move into this third point, one of the problems that can be associated with with God's faithfulness in our lives is that it can raise our expectations and the more we experience God's provision, the more entitled we can become. So in this situation, it's, it seems obvious that her faith is growing because see, she's, she's down to nothing, right? She is completely ready to give up. Elijah comes in and asks her to cook, cook up something for him with the very last of her food supply at home. And in doing so, she's provided with an opportunity to experience God's faithfulness. But, but then when God does provide, we can start to take that for granted. And that's what I want to caution us against here. See, look at her attitude before Elijah shows up. She's, she's going home to cook one last meal with her son, and then they're just going to slip away to death. 
She has no hope. She's completely embraced the end of her, of her existence. But her expectations changed as she experienced God's provision when another crisis arises later. And in verse 17, it says, it says, sometime later, the woman's son became sick. He grew worse and worse, and finally he died. Then she said to Elijah, oh man of God, what have you done to me? Have you come here to point out my sins and kill my son? See, so only a few weeks or so before this, she was hopeless. She was expecting to die. But she grows used to God providing for them miraculously every day. But then when her son dies, her faith is shattered. She had grown used to God's provision, and she began to take it for granted, and she felt entitled to it. Now, of course, the loss of her son was tragic. Not minimizing that. We have all experienced tragedy in our lives, but we have all experienced God's provision as well. The point here is that we can grow so used to his provision that when it isn't provided in the way that we feel that it should be, we can sometimes respond with bitterness or unbelief. And I, I think that that's, I think that's a, a characteristic of the human heart. Um, I think sometimes we can believe that God owes us something. We can, we can believe that we deserve provision. So I hope that we can all remember to live our lives with an attitude of, of, of gratefulness to God focusing on delighting in him and, and enjoying the, the mercies that he's poured out on us and the generosity that, that we have experienced in our lives. Uh, you know, one of our Alpiners here, um, she posted something on Facebook earlier this week that I thought was profound. She, she posted something asking if we have ever stopped to consider how God has, has delivered us without us even knowing it. And I thought that was pretty profound because who knows? No, nobody knows the answer, but I believe 100% that that's the case, right? We know of stories in, you know, in, in the Bible uh, where, you know, where, where God explains that a certain thing is going to happen if this doesn't happen, and then it doesn't because he's, he's gracious and he's merciful. Now, does that mean that, that we're not allowed to question God when, when, really thing, when, when really hard things happen in our lives? I mean, when tragedy happens in our lives, we are naturally going to have questions. Why? Why did this have to happen? Why did this person have to, have to die or to get sick? Well, the thing is, guys, it is okay to question God as long as it comes from a place of faith. See, when her son dies, this woman has some harsh words to say to Elijah, right? It, remember, it said, it said, she says, did you just come here to point out my sins and kill my son? And remember, not too long ago, she had made peace with not only her son's death, but with, with her own death as well. And now she's blaming Elijah. More to the point, She's blaming God, right? How often have you said that 
How often have we said that to God? What have you done to me? Why is this happening to me and my family? How often have we questioned his motives? Now, I think we can all relate to this story, right? This is sad. This is a tragic situation that that she's going through. So we understand why she has these questions. But even Elijah has hard questions for God here. In 19, it says, it says, but Elijah replied, give me your son. And he took the child's body from her arms, carried him up the stairs to the room where he was staying and laid the body on his bed. Then Elijah cried out to the Lord, oh Lord, my God, why have you brought tragedy to this widow who has opened her home to me, causing her son to die? But then he doesn't just question God. He glorifies and he calls on God. Then he stretched himself out over the child three times and cried out to the Lord, Oh Lord, my God, please let this child's life return to him. See, her questions, the woman's questions were driven by hopelessness and, and her anger at God. Elijah's questions led him to ask God for yet another miracle. He didn't understand the why, but he sure believed in the who. He remembered God's track record here. He remembered what God could do because he remembered what God has done. He responded with a question driven by faith and he turned to God to do what only God could do. Now guys, we are all gonna have hard questions for God at some time in our lives. But we've all experienced God's provision for us in different ways. So, so let's remember that each new challenge creates a new opportunity to see how God will provide. Now, it's not always going to be miraculous. Sometimes it's in and through our despair. But Elijah has, has, has been through a lot of despair in these last few verses as well, right? He's got a king and queen after him, hunting him down. Um, a severe drought. There's no food and no water. He has to move into a stranger's home in another country. And then as he gets close to this family, the son dies. But as Elijah turns his questions into prayers for God to act, you can see how God responds. The Lord heard Elijah's prayer and the life of the child returned and he revived. Then Elijah brought him down from the upper room and gave him to his mother. Look, he said, your son is alive. Now, not knowing where your next meal is coming from would be, would be hard. But facing the death of a child after you've just lost your spouse would be much harder. And life has a way of raising the stakes, right? We, we hear that, that, that phrase, when it rains, it pours, right? We've all kind of probably said that at times when we face new challenges, new challenges we haven't faced before. Well, it's not automatic to just trust God when these new hardships arise that are harder than anything you've experienced before. Remember, this boy wasn't raised back to life because 
mom had a lot of faith. She didn't have any faith. She thought God was, was punishing her and she was mad at him. Fact is, this boy was raised from the dead because God is gracious. And through this, she came to trust God more. It says, then the woman told Elijah, now I know for sure that you are a man of God and the Lord truly speaks through you. See, she now has a better understanding of who God is. She had known him to an extent before, like at a certain level, right? But this stretches her faith to a new level. Faith, faith is just trusting God. So how does that trust grow? Well, the better, the more we know God, the more we will trust him. See, God uses our challenges and our hard times to reveal himself so we can gain more confidence in him as we learn his character. He uses our, our relationships with other people to demonstrate his desire to be in relationships with us. So I hope you are encouraged today, knowing that God provides when we go through tough times, even if it's, you know, not the way we plan, not how we expected. The reality is, guys, some of you are facing real challenges today. And if you're not, you probably will be before long. Now, I don't say that to make you worry or to make you fearful, but to remind you that now is the time to prepare, to take note. Now is the time to remember, to get to know God, to know his track record, to understand his faithfulness. Because no matter what else we face, our biggest challenge is our problem of sin. And as we get to know God, and we understand his faithfulness, then we can truly believe that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for your sins. And then, just like he did with this, with this woman's son, he raised up his own son from the dead, like he will raise those of us who believe in him to live in an eternity beside him as well. Will you guys pray with me? Lord God, um, you have provided for all of us so many times. Sometimes miraculously and, and sometimes, Lord, through our, through our despair, in our despair, you've provided for us. And sometimes, Lord, we don't 